Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The Last Race is a cinematic portrait of a Long Island stock car racetrack as its 87-year-old owners struggle to maintain an American racing tradition in the face of a real estate development boom. Mm -hmm. The Last Race merges image and sound in a unique narrative form to bring audiences into a world of grassroots racing culture and explore a story that subtly grapples with the question of blue-collar American identity that has taken on profound relevance in our current political era. And that is the basis for this terrific documentary that's in theaters now. It's called The Last Race, and we're fortunate to have with us the director of The Last Race, and that would be Michael Dweck. Michael, welcome to Film School. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you. Now, I read from the notes a a little bit about your background, and so I know that you have a relationship to this kind of racing experience. But tell me about that decision on your part to move forward or explain a little more about your relationship and your decision to move forward uh, in doing the documentary The Last Race. Well, The Last Race began as a fine art photography project in 2007. Um, I came to Long Island's Riverhead Raceway as a way to revisit the summer nights of my childhood spent at the stock car racetrack with my family where we would go every Tuesday and Saturday nights to watch my heroes race. And at one point, there were 40 racetracks all around, and today, um, all the racetracks are gone but one. And Riverhead is the last one standing. And uh, as I worked making you know, pictures over the years at the racetrack, which was from 2007 to 2012, I was there every weekend photographing every component of that racetrack, I realized that the motion and emotion of the Riverhead Raceway were more than still photography alone could capture. At the same time, I saw a bigger story unfolding, which was the commercial development that had pushed the other tracks from the map. Um, it was starting to pop up in the farmland that surrounds the racetrack. And, you know, the big corporations were moving in, and I felt it was only a matter of time before the bulldozers were at the gates of Riverhead, the same way they were at the track where I was raised. It was called the Freeport Stadium, and that was bulldozed over and replaced with a BJ's Wholesale. Okay. And, um, you know, the last race is a visual poem set to a symphony of, of what I see roaring engines yeah. that seeks to pay homage to a place filled with this mysterious beauty and, you know, a quirky tribe of, of racers that call it home. Right. And, uh, you know, it, I wanted to merge narrative, you know, storytelling, image and sound um, in a unique cinematic form that I thought no one had done before to bring an audience that really wasn't familiar with racing into the world of grassroots racing culture and explore this, this question of working-class American identity. And I wanted to capture this magical place before it really disappeared, which I was, I was quite concerned with. I started to see, in 2012, all the land around the racetrack. The racetrack was surrounded with farmland and dense forest, all of it. Mm-hmm. Every single tree was shredded um, during that short period I was photographing. Uh, so I decided, well, I was going to you know, take a, a you know, motion picture camera and start capturing this, uh, this racetrack, and that's what I did. So I spent from 2012 to 2015 filming at the racetrack, and then I spent the two years after that working on the edit and the sound design for that. So it was five years photographing, another five years 
filming at that racetrack. Well, what a labor of love this must have been for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was going to take me a month. When I, I remember, for, I, I never made a movie before, and I remember telling my wife, I said, "Look, I'm going to do this for one month, and I'll be done." <laughs> but uh, it didn't didn't quite work out that way. And I want to just make a quick observation in the regard in regard to the track and sort of its place in American culture and and such. Mm-hmm. The the difference between what Riverhead Raceway is about and its place in in that community is people go to a Costco or a you know Dick's Hardware or Sporting Goods or or whatever it is. They buy stuff and they leave. They go to the Riverhead Raceway and they talk to each other. They share experiences. They share family. They share That's all right. the, these kinds of things. So when people right. talk about progress, it's often it's sort of it's framed in, in an economic perspective. Well, people are there's more jobs. They're making more money. And are they really making more money? First of all, but secondly, are they actually a part of a community or are they kind of cogs in this sort of a, a, a sort of this system of generating income? Um, and and this is the beauty of this this place that you've captured so wonderfully uh oh thank you yeah would you agree or that's is exactly it? the point yeah. yeah oh sorry well your your point is very well made the that um the rise of consumerism that uh you know places such as racetracks are being replaced by which is you know strip malls and other pieces of disposable architecture end up dividing communities rather than bringing communities together in this particular community i watch as the 25 acres were ripped down and replaced with a Walmart. And another 50 acres were ripped down and replaced with another Walmart. This one little town has a super Walmart and a Walmart on the same street. Yeah. I watched as across the street as they ripped down another, I think there were 50 acres, like you see in the film. Yeah. This, uh, this man is standing in front under, a, under a, a crane, and he's just really bragging about all the destruction of the town. And right across the street from the racetrack, they built a, a 200,000 square foot Costco. Right up to you know, and next to the track is a hundred and ten thousand square foot Christmas tree shop. Right up to the gates and the fence of this poor little racetrack. Mm-hmm. But but so that's what you you know. So the question is always, what do you you know, what do you lose when places like this disappear? Because the film, as you say, is not really about a racetrack. It's really about a community. It it's about these people that these working class people that um, that you see transform um, from you know mechanics and grease monkeys and welders and plumbers to heroes when they cut to a racetrack that now their lives have meaning they have dignity and for the audience it's also a place to you know root for fans the the announcer bob fine and the reason i show that that <laughs> whole that. race he's great he's he's the town crier yes. right, of this church basically he's he's just telling you he's rattling off sponsors names and also in between the races which you don't see in that in, in the film particularly is that he's talking about the family that needs to raise money because they don't have health care for an injury that their son had during a sports event. Yeah. He's talking about a funeral and asking for, the, for everybody in the town to go to a funeral. He's, you know, he's the guy that kind of keeps this town, this community, together. And it's very much like a church for them. And that's why I included that church scene with Pastor Scott. With the that caution guy, flag? <laughs> the caution yeah, flag. That, every, every single sermon... Every single sermon has, has a theme of racing. Every single one. Has and he prays with every single racer before they go onto the racetrack. Mm-hmm. He kneels down with every car in the pits before they go on the track. Yeah. But that's, you know, but this is how communities kind of work. I mean, you lose community, what, what happens? Well, you, empathy goes away. Yeah. Right? You start caring less about things. Right. And that's kind of what, you know, that's kind of what's happening, of course, around the world. Right. And you're, you're, the, the time, the face time that you have with people, the actual 
interaction, human interaction, it begins to diminish. Yeah, human interaction. And, and, and then, right. then all of a sudden, you know, there, it becomes easier and easier to make kind of draconian decisions about your cities that's, and your communities. Right. So, that's right. So, that's right. Uh, well, let, let, but I also want to underscore just how beautifully photographed, and, and I, I love this visual style that you were able to create. I know as a photographer you have this visual uh, instinct to, and that mm-hmm. you've honed in making this film. But it is a, it is a terrific way for, and I'm saying this to the audience. If you don't have, if you have barely a whiff of of interest in racing, see this film because it is it is about racing, and it, you, the way you're able to incorporate all the the uh, the camera work into the actual race is just spectacular. You've never seen anything oh, like you. this, trust me. Uh, quite the way it's it's done. And so you, this visual uh, symphony, and, and literally and figuratively, I mean that, of watching the race is just such an, a great experience. So tell me, I'm very curious. And also we'll get to, you know, the, the Cromarties. They're, they're terrific people. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love them they both. Uh, but let's they talk, a, if you want, either way, if you want to talk about the Cromarties first, how you sort of got to know them and incorporated them into the film. And then we can talk about the visual style that you were able to to bring to the film, however you want. Okay. Okay. Well, let's we'll talk about the visual style. Well, I wanted I wanted the audience at times to sit and observe this world. Yeah. And more importantly, to feel this world. And as an artist, I wanted to describe this world truthfully and beautifully. Yeah. Um, so you know, and and you know, what I want to make an art is. is to create, you know, um, a, a film, I guess, that transports us and takes us beyond ourselves, which is very difficult to do when you're wrapped up in technology all day. And, you know, you want to stir up feelings and emotions that remind us what it's like to be human again. I mean, this particular place, at the same time, taxes all your senses. Visually, it's very stimulating. It's, the sound is deafening but beautiful. The, your skin sticks with the fuel your eyes burn from the fuel that these guys are using i mean it's a very it's but where is where can you experience that you you really can't so you know i want i wanted the audience to take a journey you know with a character you've never thought you could connect to or relate to which is could be the properties of you know to a couple that's 87 years old and you watch through the film as they're basically aging i mean you see they yeah. both you don't know this but the backstory: They both broke their hips, and they both had strokes during the filming of the oh, movie. Oh no, I didn't. And, and and they still persevere. I mean, you watch them at the end. The last scene of them, you see how long it takes them to walk. They both have walkers, rollators, and how hard it is for them to get that one scene. I couldn't do it uncut. I mean, I showed a clip, but it took 20 minutes for them to go 12 feet. I believe it because that difficult it was. But you see now, here's a, a a couple that you know. They Barbara says, you know, a lot of our friends that retire, they die. You know, and most of what the people, our friends do in Florida is that they decide, well, what card game to play or what to have dinner that night. She says, we have a life. We have youth. And that's kind of what a lot of what the film is, what it pertains to a lot of these characters, is that, you know, it, it, it makes you feel quite different. It makes you, it, you know, you, you get transformed into something else at this particular place. This community makes you feel young, makes you feel relevant again. And to Barbara and Jim, they put those NASCAR uniforms on. They take it very seriously. Yes, they do. I love that. I joked about it once. I said, well, how cute you guys are on a NASCAR uniforms. And they almost, they, she took a, she took a, like a little stick and wanted to hit me in the head with it because she said, she said, I don't understand. We're NASCAR officials. So what's the joke? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you struck a nerve there, you know, but yeah, I can believe it. And she I has did. got such a beautiful spirit about her. She does. And, and, wow. and she's a living testament to what you just said. She is a very youthful person. 
in her outlook and the way, the way that she's talking about things. Now, Jim, I, and in retrospect, as I'm thinking about him in the film, yeah, he did have a stroke. I mean, I, I, I can think right. now, okay, that's why he didn't say very much, but he was... And that's why he's opening the envelope with his teeth. That's why, he's okay. He's opening the envelope with his teeth because he can't move his fingers. Which I was, you don't know. I didn't you know, yeah. explain it, but of course, one of the reasons you... There's a lot of little hints in that film, but you see that they're persevering. But she's terrific. She's she's still she's out. She's painting. She she has her, the things That's that right. she likes to do to keep her brain and mind stimulated and things. Plus, she That's just right. has this. She's an intelligent, very present person, in in the way That's that right. she she talks uh, and then speaks of the track and the importance of it in the community and why and how and all the things you mentioned. And I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the director of the new film, The Last Race. It's in theaters right now. And we're speaking with Michael Dweck. I just want to underscore just what a wonderful film this is. Forget, you know, not forget, but certainly see this film, even if you don't think that racing is the kind of thing you would be interested in, because, and there's a lot of reasons, but one of the more endearing things about the film is the fact that we're watching what I used to call when I was a kid and I was around people who were hot rotting in high school and in early in you know late yep. teens early 20s we used to call them beater cars these these right. were cars one step away from the destruction derby kind of stuff they were just they were better they ran better they were more together right. but not much more than a than you would see at a destruction derby or demolition derby I should say and yep. uh, and but they but that's what's so fun about it is these guys they, they put all their work into those engines they make them work, and they make them work on a track that looks like it's basically so slick that you can barely keep your tires on it. So it's just yeah. so, such a fun thing to watch them race. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's something that's, you know, it's fleeting, yeah. and it's something you, you couldn't build again. I mean, you wouldn't know and allow a racetrack in their community. They'll say, well, it's too noisy, it's too dangerous, the insurance is too much, it catches fire, I don't want my kids exposed <laughs> to that. These are all the reasons you should have a racetrack in your town, <laughs> really. I mean, this is, you know... It's, uh, and, you know, the aging of the ra- racetrack owners also and the pressure of time on them makes the racetracks race against time somehow you know, existentially uh, resilient and profound, Yeah. right, as, a, as, you, as you kind of watch it. You know, it's a very, um, it's a beautiful world of passion and place and machines and families and flaws. They're not perfect. You see in the film, Captain Video, the guy, the videographer, drops these DVDs on the floor as he's trying to sell them to somebody. Yeah. And you see he takes the money back. He gives you, he says, well, when the camera's on, you know, don't, don't look, give me the money back. You know, he's, I show that flaw. I show that how these people are because that's how they really are in this place. They all have a place in this community. However odd they are in this place, they're fine. Yeah, they are. And we, we see, when you say flaws, there's a couple of scenes with, uh, well, the one scene where the guy who is so upset with somebody who bumped into him or, I mean, oh, ran yeah. into him. And then we see what yep. ensues after that. I don't want to give it away. But it's just, yep. and then the guy, is it the same guy that's talking about when he won the race with his, uh, his, his dad had just died? Is that the same guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yep. Boy, I mean, he is, and you know, I don't, don't want to extrapolate this into too much, but he is the embodiment of the culture and and this sort of this part of the American experience and the part of this American demographic that seems to just mm-hmm. be fading into the into right. history. It, it, yeah. yeah, the working, the working, the working person, the working man. And, uh, and you see in his, you know, that that guy's name is Eddie, Eddie, Crazy Eddie, they call him. And yeah. you look at his, if you look at that scene in his house where he's, his house is surrounded by trophies, his yeah. living room and his dining room. Are surrounded by trophies and pictures of himself, and this is a, a person who, who refuses to 
get old. He's he's 60 years old, but he really thinks he's 24 and he's going to make it to the big leagues. Yeah. That he's still going to be a NASCAR Cup driver. But that's okay. That's yeah. okay because this is kind of what what keeps him going and what and what you know gives his life meaning. Because he you know what he does for a living? He mows lawns in a park. He's a county you know lawnmower, and his job sucks. But uh, he gets home every night. Looks forward to getting home, getting his car. These cars are often in 1970s. The rule is. The cars have to weigh 4,200 pounds in this racetrack. So you have to keep Chevys and, and, and Cadillacs and uh, Lincolns together from the 70s okay. that weigh 4,200 pounds. <laughs> so you have to find parts, and the parts don't exist anymore, oh, right? They're gone because all the junkyards are gone. Uh, all, most of the parts were sold for scrap. You know, for, mm. When China was looking for infrastructure, they were going to the U.S. to buy scrap metal. Yeah. So most of it's gone. Yeah. And uh, so these guys just have to fabricate parts. They, just, they have lathes at home. You know, just get it going, and then yeah. Saturday night, for the possibility of winning a $7 trophy, <laughs> they've invested most of their money, which is $250 for tires and gasoline, yeah. and to get to the to get to the racetrack to be in front of 2,000 cheering fans. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, this is great. This is such a beautiful, self-contained experience to see the last race. It's such a beautiful... I love the way you set this up. We are immersed in this culture. We're immersed with these people. We get to know them. We, we're rooting for all of them, uh, even, even the guys who want to mix it up a little more than they probably should. <laughs> should and all of them everybody in this film is so wonderful and uh, you and again you the cinematography is spectacular the sound design the 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 soundtrack everything about this movie it is a special special documentary i i my hat's off to you michael i want to let people i want to just before i let you go i want to let people know that you can see the film in los angeles at the monica film center on second street it's also here in orange county at the alicia viejo stadium the uh, uh, as well as uh yeah those are the two uh that are close to where we are uh and um my thank you so much for for finding time to to be here on film school today the, the film is the last race we've been speaking with the director michael dweck thank you so very much for being here today michael thank you so much i appreciate it You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.